This podcast contains some magical adult language. Listener discretion is advised. And sorry, Mom. Hello and welcome to a rat chat, as we call them. This is the second <laughs> of our rat chats. Um, this is a little different. Of course, this is Rat Castle, a uh, podcast about the, you know, the whole thing. Um, <laughs> and uh, we now and then have a topic or a guest or something where we want to focus on sort of one thing. And that's why we have these little rat chats. Um uh, Dave and I both Dave of course Dave Cobb is with me hello Dave hi hello uh, we decided uh, in a group chat I, I asked everybody who had seen uh, or who had seen Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny and then I also asked who cares about Indiana Jones uh, <laughs> and we are the only two that really truly do the old white guys yeah which is not a shock uh, and might explain some of the box office um, but uh we uh, said, well, why don't we just do a rat chat on it? Uh, that way we can go for 20 minutes or whatever, and the girls don't have to sit there and, and just listen to us ramble on. And they were like, that sounds great. <laughs> that um, sounds awesome. So to start off, of course, we are going to be talking about uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, the, the I guess we'll call it the final Indiana Jones film. Um Dave, what's your background with Indiana Jones? Where where do you land with this character? That sort of thing. We'll start there. So uh, I saw the original Indy in the theater when I was 11 years old um, with my dad, who, of course, was going on and on about how it was the the like the serials of his youth. And, and this is before we went into the theater. And I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to see this. I'm going to see this old timey thing for my old timey dad. And of course, you know. Uh, after the first act, my eyes are like saucers and I'm glued to the screen. And, and um, so, yeah, I, I'm right in the pocket for Indy. Mm. Uh, I did it very, very much grow up with it. Um, Temple of doom was formative um, only because I had a very um, hunky poster of Harrison Ford shirtless <laughs> hanging in my room as a 14 year old gay boy. Um, and I stared That'll at that it. poster. I stared in air quotes, stared at that yeah. poster a lot yeah. uh, as yeah. a teenager. Um, and then, you know, as I became a sort of, you know, entering college age um, film school students and et cetera, a last crusade comes about. And so it was like, it kind of matched um, my sensibilities in a mm -hmm. lot of weird ways um, uh, and, and, and became a, a staple for me. And then of course, I, you know, I watched all of, Young Indiana Jones, I played the crap out of the games like Fate of Atlantis and um, mm -hmm. Infernal Machine were both seminal to my video game history as well. So I wouldn't say I'm a super fan in that I'm like, I have a bunch of collectibles and I'm, I'm I cosplay and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But it is a solid, solid part of my a very formative and solid part of my creative and cinematic upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the same for me. I maybe I have a little nerdier uh collection than you on indiana jones i i have a couple items and uh like i just got the funko with uh indy and and uh his dad on the motorcycle just a little stuff like that uh but i cool. uh you know i also grew up with indiana jones as the vhs in in the house 
Um, I didn't see the the opening of the arc until I was like, I don't know, probably like 10. Like, you know, I was always hiding. It was far scarier <laughs> to hide yeah. from that and the uh, the, uh, the Holy Grail um, yeah. de-aging. Yeah. Um, we'll talk more about de-aging <laughs> Uh, re- I guess that's uh, that's not de-aging, that's up-aging. We'll talk about de-aging yeah. a little bit. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I loved Indiana Jones. So Indiana Jones fell sort of like in a higher pocket behind. But below that was uh, kind of what I called the Saturday afternoon films because they would show them on our local Fox, I feel like constantly, and we recorded them over time, which was um all it was like uh rocketeer and dick tracy um oh, sure. and, yeah. and like these other the shadow kind of falls in there but mm, i love the character i, I used to movie. i i used to listen to the radio dramas all the time i was a huge radio yeah. uh, old-timey radio nerd yeah. um and so I, there was that sort of moment i i think i was just there where everyone recognized between raiders was a little earlier than that um, but between sort of Raiders and then Batman being really big and everyone saying, oh, not that comic books matter, but like pulpy things matter. And so I yeah, hit that yeah. second wave sure. um, pretty hard. And then, you know, I loved the soundtracks growing up. I did cosplay as Indy for Halloween <laughs> and I had this multiple I think, photos. I think we all did at least once. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah, for sure. It wasn't a hard outfit necessarily. No, no, that's the thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and and the the ride at Disneyland's my, f- I think my favorite ride. Period. I think um, it's just so good. The Drew Struzan art is like my favorite. Um, it's well, and that great. and that and that Brian Jowers painting that never became, which where all the three rides are intertwined. Yeah, and yeah, and it's it's funny. I was a fan of that ride, and and as it opened when I was what ninety five, right? Yes. So I was I was 25 um, and I was actually working for a company that did these remote camera systems for like commercials and movies and stuff. So I was on the on the I was at the ride inside for the shoot for the commercial shoot. Oh, when fine. I was like 20, 24 years old. And so didn't get to ride it, but I got watched, got to watch it go by. And, you know, meanwhile, I had just worked on Back to the Future. I was still sort of doing freelance work as well mm-hmm. as sort of trying to get my foot in the industry. And I'm like who made this? This is incredible. <laughs> and, and years later I meet who is now my boss, Susan Bonds, who was the show producer on Indiana Jones. Yeah. And so, you know, there's many times over dinner when the, there's a lull in the conversation where I'm like, Susan, I have one more question about Indy. And she's like, Oh God, <laughs> really funny. I've got the, uh, the, the poster for the uh, Indiana Jones adventure ride. Mm. The one that they sold at the Disney gallery um, in my bedroom right now. I've had it since it came out. And so, yeah, the ride to me was such a, sea change for so many reasons i mean at the time i was like they put star tours on a dark ride right like that's the only way my brain yeah. can process yeah. the, the motion base but then also things like that queue which was necessity right to get you outside the park but no nothing at disneyland had a queue like that no at all yeah weirdly like, decades decades before its time when it comes to to queue thinking um merely because they didn't want you to be bored mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? like, but right, the fact right, that they right. had you know for a long time they had the cards and you could like decipher stuff and i think to rise of resistance and how they had qr codes on boxes and stuff with the yeah. app and i was like we've done this like this we've is done this right yeah this is this is something that has been around which is fine it's just interesting to see that kind of heritage 
Um, One of my favorite details yeah. of the queue is there's that, you know, there's that big gasoline generator out front in the queue that's stopping and starting and sputtering and stalling and the lights are flickering in the queue in accordance with the sounds that that generator is making. That's that happens all the way through. Like if mm. you were to if you were to get somebody on a phone and call them outside and have them hold the microphone up to the to the generator and you walk into the queue, the lights are going to flicker the same way. And I, I remember being I remember being told that story. And I'm like, nobody's going to care about that. But it, <laughs> it's such a great little detail. And to be honest, not complicated. Right. It's no. one lighting program. But it's it to me, that was just the level of sort of dedication they were making. Even yeah. the fact that the, there's the truck out there. Right. The big German truck and the Mercedes Benz symbol on the, the on the hood ornament is pulled off mm-hmm. because it's the one that Indy goes underneath in the movie like just to say, you know, it was fan service before there really was such a thing in theme parks. We really didn't. Y- yes, we had Star Tours. That was kind of a one-off, though. When you look yeah. at um, the Disney parks in particular, they hadn't ever really gotten that to that level of, we're telling you a story from the moment you walk past the marquee sign. And yeah. you were in that world from the moment you walk past that and, and, until you exit again. Yeah. And I should give a shout out to, you know, the Indiana Jones stunt show as well which is incredible. And my favorite thing, you know, some of them are going to say, what's your favorite thing about Dial of Destiny? And I, and I think I might just have to say, oh, well, you know, I got to interview, I'm totally blanking on his name all of a sudden, which is a real oh, shame. The, the, the stuntman. I interviewed the stuntman for my last podcast. Um, and uh, that's really going to bother me, but anyway, it doesn't matter. And, uh, he had never got to meet Harrison Ford, which of course was a question I asked and some people had. And, and then lo and behold, the, the, the original stunt team got to go, the Marion and Indy got to go to the premiere ah, and they that's flew them so out. Great. And that's just like, I was like, it, it felt like they got it. it you know, yeah. there's sometimes where you're like, Disney doesn't get it. And then, you... and they don't get the heritage. And then that was one moment I was like, okay, you get yeah. that these people need to be there. And I thought that yeah, was yeah. wonderful. So did that's a notice... excellent ride too. Did you notice the, um, did you hear the the shout out? What I think is a shout out to the stunt show in the movie in Dial of Destiny. I didn't. I didn't. Where Where do you find that? The very last scene when Marion shows up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Spoilers, then, by the way, everybody. But this has been a oh, week or so. Sorry. So. Spoilers. Um. Uh. When Sala and his kids and and um uh Teddy, uh show up and, and walk through the door, Sala is in the middle of telling them a story. Oh yes. And he's, and he's like, and Marion was running from the plane and Mindy was running from the plane. And then all of a sudden the plane blew up. And I'm like, that has to be, that has to be a callback to the stunt show. It has yeah. to be. I mean, it's There's from Raiders, no but yeah, sure. yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> why pick that? Why pick that moment? You know? Right. Um, yeah. That's, that's great. I love that. Um, uh, Kevin Broussard, by the way, that's the stuntman. He popped right, right, right. So anyway, um, I think we can both say... Indie heads, I to to prepare for this last film, I said I'm going to watch everything Indiana Jones chronologically. Um, so I watched all of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles in the film versions. Uh, yeah. No, ninety year old um, George yeah. Hall um, playing Indy. Uh, kids, look it up. You can find some YouTube clips still. That's what I grew up on, though. I saw a couple episodes growing up, and those were the ones that were on VHS. So, so the ones a... that are the ones that are on Disney Plus are they the full episodes or are they the movie versions? They're the movie versions. Yeah. Oh, so you they can... don't have the they don't have yeah. the bookends. No bookends. No, hmm. no, uh, except for Harrison Ford's Harrison, the, right? The jazz hmm. one. Yeah. Beyond that, it's it's this is sort of the canon version, I think. Right. 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 Um. 
so I watched those, and then I watched the original quadrilogy. I guess is the term. Um, did you watch Temple of Doom I, first? Because it's I did watch first. Temple of Doom first. Nerd. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, and I watched all three of the originals. I decided to watch them in thirty-five black and white. So I took them into premiere and I redid them in black and white. And oh my god, it was really cool. Uh, I think Temple especially looks better in black and white. But sure, all three I, of them. I, I, I believe that. Incredible. I believe that. Incredible in black and white. And then I did um, Crystal Skull in sort of 50s Technicolor. And that really right. does help the film <laughs> uh, in some ways. Uh, it's certainly do we want to talk about our, our varying opinions of the films? Yes, let's go ahead movie? and go through that. Why not? Um, okay. let, let's start with Raiders. I think we could – let's just let's just say like it's the best of all of them, right, without question? It, right. It, 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 there is not a wasted moment of no. film or dialogue uh, in that movie. It is a – it is a tight, tight, tight epic feature that does not waste any time, no. um, and, and and it fills you with all the right surprises, right? You know, um, it, you're you're all ready for it, not for it to be just about archaeology, and then all of a sudden, oh wait, no, God actually comes out of this box. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> scary as shit as a kid yeah. you know like the that and that's the magic of indie for me is that he's he's practical he's about what's in front of him until he's not yeah and they and i love how they address that in the new movie yeah um, that that one little line is so great there is uh yeah raiders is uh, in my brain always the one that gets to be bloody like it's it's it, i mean temple we'll talk about temple in a minute i think that's a different sort of there's a camp quality to temple um but uh you know, Raiders is just pure pulp grit. Um, yeah. No yeah. lessons learned. Uh, it is, uh, it's my example in screenwriting class of there's a difference between, you know, uh, what we basically call like stories and then like, there's lots of terms for these things, but stories and movies like stories, generally characters make some sort of shift. Your protagonist moves in some sort of way. Uh, and then a movie is can they get out of it? Can they change it? Can they do whatever yeah. they need to do? Right, right, right. Um, which has been, you know, it, Raiders is pure movie, and, and we'll talk about Crusade in a second. Crusade is pure story. Um, right, so, yeah, right. Raiders, my favorite for sure. You know, Belloc, best bad guy, uh, uh, best henchman, just, you know, 10 yeah, out of 10. Yeah. Marion um, Raves was such a great sort of foil slash yes. romantic interests slash action heroine you know yeah 100 percent. um it's perfect um temple of doom i did not see temple of doom until i was in high school because i wasn't allowed (laughs) Ah, okay because yeah yeah so So, no uh, yeah no like upbringing no nostalgia for me when it comes to temple my uh my hot take is that for the longest time that was my favorite one Mm. um mainly because of again it hit when i was 14 yeah it was it was a little scarier and gorier a little bit Mm -hmm. um and and i and i remember seeing it with my dad and he's included on the sort of campiness of it but he's also like it was way more crazy like the old serials were than than raiders was and so for a, the, I, I I don't I I sort of look at especially those two on very equal footing now, hmm. and realize that Raiders is always going to be the first and always going to be the best basically. But but my personal favorite has hmm. been Temple for a long 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 time, just because it hit at the right time for me. Right? Sure, yeah, um, and it wasn't just because Harrison Ford is shirtless for half of that. Obviously, it didn't <laughs> that didn't 
not a bad thing. Didn't didn't hurt. Yeah. Um, but I just loved the uh, um, the kind of grossness of it. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. it, um, I did watch it again recently, and yeah, it's it the 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 racist elements of it are <laughs> kind of shine pretty brightly, which is maybe the most honored uh, tradition of the genre. Sadly, like uh, yeah, it right. hits that uh, that fairly well. Sadly, right, um, right. yeah, I. I don't hate it. I it's low on my list, but it, it's mostly because I love uh short round. I love 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 love. Amazing. We'll talk Amazing. about Teddy later, but like I'm sorry Teddy, you are not short round and there's nothing uh, you can do about it. I wanted to be short round's best friend so bad. Like, oh yeah, Kiwi Juan was just killed. Was so it. great. And then Go- and then Goonies of course and mm-hmm. I I wanted to be a, I wanted to be part of the Goonies. So you yeah. Know, yeah. Um uh, but, but he yeah, holds his own mm. with Harrison Ford, like holds his own every Crazy. scene. Yeah. Uh, my favorite scene, of course, is when he is accuses Indy of cheating um, and they're just kind of <laughs> yelling at each yeah. other and they start yelling in. Uh, I, I'm not sure which language uh, he's from. I think I don't it's know. Mandarin. Is I it Mandarin? It's Mandarin. Um, and and it's just really funny to me because he yeah. does not treat him like a kid really in that scene. He's just very indignant and no. Um, it's great. It's it's also, so good. I also love when they jump out of the plane um, on the on the the raft and he's like, "Hang on, lady, we're going for a ride." Yeah, <laughs> he not nuts. He crazy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, amazing. Uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to hit on Willie Scott too hard. She's a terrible character in the sense that she doesn't bring anything to anything. Like, yeah, there's, there's, there is no point to Willie Scott, <laughs> right? And and I, and I don't, and, and I don't blame Kate Capshaw no. one iota. She, she does the job. She does exactly what was asked of her. He shows up and does exactly what was asked of her. And you know, the idea that you introduce the female character in the very first scene. And she's sort of reluctantly along for the ride is this trope of serials. I mean, that's definitely a trope 100%. of serials. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, it's written. So one note to, to your mm-hmm. point, she, the, it, like if they had gotten to the banquet scene and it wasn't that she was grossed out, but like she was the one who was like helping things along, even though yeah. Indy was grossed out, like it needed, there needed to be something where she was an unexpected foil to him in mm-hmm. terms of all the weirdness they encounter rather than just screaming. You right. Know? If she could have been the one with, you know, I, I think of, cause they're trying to do these sort of, I, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. Um, you know, it's a, it's supposed to be a screwball relationship. Right. Screwball right. Comedy. It's supposed to be Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn. It's supposed to be something like that. My Except, Man Friday kind of stuff, you know? Right. Which doesn't work because no. Marion's so damn good at it. And right. and Willie Scott does not get to she does not have like, OK, you can punch people, but I can talk my way out of situations where you can't like there's none of that. And she right. needs that thread to really right. work. Um, yeah. But it's hard to beat things like the like like when I think of the the cart chase and the physical nature of the creation of that, like it's insanity. And it's yeah. so, so, so good. The other reason um, that movie hit me square between the eyes is because around that time, around uh, around 82, 83, actually, is when I started to realize I was, it wasn't just into movies, I was into special effects. And so yeah. I subscribed to Starlog 
and I subscribe to Cinefix. If people have never heard of Cinefix, look it up. It was this awesome little digest size magazine that was meant for industry professionals. So at 14, I'm reading all about how they strapped single edge reflex cameras onto little train cars and yeah. did that, did those stop motion scenes one frame at a time. And it, it's like, it's mind blowing. I mean, yeah. kids today with their CG with their CGIs, you just don't understand how complicated <laughs> that crap was. No, and so so part of it was the technicality of that movie and how it goes back and forth between miniatures and real life, eight or ten times, sometimes in the same shot. Mm -hmm. um, th that as a as a as a formative preteen teenager was like, oh, I want to do that for a living. That is magic, right yeah. there. I appreciate I think for me Temple of Doom is summed up by um something Spielberg said. I think it's on the special there there was a special bonus disc with the DVD set that came out years and years and years ago when they had the the three movies. It was like kind of leather bound. It looked leather bound. Um and he said, "Oh, well, Temple of Doom, I was going through a divorce." <laughs> and that's and you're like, "Okay, yeah, I get it." Okay. Like, like <laughs> Like there's a messiness and a darkness. And he goes, but I got to meet. Yeah. He goes, I don't really think the movie works necessarily, but I got to meet Kate, and so it. I guess that it, it works for that. And I'm like, okay, you know, if this is just like your messy yeah. divorce movie, right? At least it's entertaining. So there's that. Uh, Crusade. It's, it's his messy period. Crusade. Yeah. Perfect. Um, per uh, Crusade is another. Yeah. Yeah. Script wise, and and store. It's like the yeah. first one is that it's kind of airtight. Mm -hmm. it's um, very airtight yeah I, i'm not as crazy about the uh uh what's her name the the nazi uh, oh ilsa ilsa's okay um and it's sort of she's kind of a halfway point between willie and 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 marion for me right um because she does bring something to the table for sure yeah. um and you and you just i mean you know she's going to be a turncoat eventually right that's just uh, she's too aryan not to be right exactly that was the that was the weird thing to me it was like it was so telegraphed um yeah. but but i which, think the reason which is why i never consider her an indie girl like i i no. i don't even i she's a bad guy like yeah and right. and for me the movie if anything lacks good bad guys so she yeah. she gets to fill in quite a bit of that role um yeah but i yeah. totally yeah. understand from a from an indie girl perspective she doesn't Really, at, no. but she's game, which is not something you got from Marion or from Willie. Yeah. Like yeah. she's, she knows what she's talking about in in many ways. It is Indy's equal? Um, when it yeah, comes very to much so archaeology at least. I so, think my favorite thing about that one is it's kind of because of because of Connery and especially because of emotionally how the how the finale resolves. Mm -hmm. Um. It is the most insight we get to Henry Jr.'s life and personality. It's it's a yeah. it's an insanely personal story. It's rooted in comedy at first, you know, with the mm -hmm. the fireplace gag and we named the dog Indiana and all that stuff. Yeah. But then at the end, when he's literally like, "Let it go," yeah, this, this which they also echo in the new movie. In a yeah, way. Crusade and there's there's some real interesting ties between Crusade and Dial of Destiny for sure. For yeah, sure. for sure, for sure. I, yeah, I I love it. I think it's um, it's a a a, a little more grown up mm -hmm. in terms of like the set pieces. It's a it's 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 so trying not to be as childish as Temple of Doom was. Right? Yeah, yeah. That it's a it's a little more clean cut. <laughs> Harrison also 
for me looks like a different Harrison. He looks like a different decade Harrison. Um, yeah. And, and you can kind of feel that in the performance a little bit. It's a little more yeah. grounded, um, yeah. which I, I imagine having Sean Connery on set would, would make you feel <laughs> a little more grounded or want to right. be. Right. Um, right. But like people consider this one kind of goofy. I don't disagree. It's, it is in, in many ways, uh, but not in a, bad way i i know I all, all the jokes land pretty well and and the thing about it is when people are like well it's a pretty goofy movie i'm like well yeah but his dad gets shot like there's there's a lot of gravitas in the third act which sort of they balance it yeah yeah um for me people always complain about marcus brody uh making a shift from the first to the the to last crusade and being less oh, serious so. oh. just in the sense that you know he needed to be the mentor figure and then Henry ends up being the mentor figure. And so what does Marcus do? And Marcus ends up kind of silly. The yeah. funny thing about that though, is like I am on upon rewatch. I, I recognized he's, he is exactly like he is in Raiders in the first scene in last crusade. It's not mm-hmm. until he gets out of the museum and gets out of the college and out of his element that he's c- completely befuddled what to do. Yeah. So for me, yeah, it works. Yeah. I, I, I don't yeah. think, I think it's people sort of saying like, well, he should be more serious. And it's like, I don't know. Like it's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's, he does. He, cr- a Nazi does point a gun at him and the home Elliot crosses his eyes, which I think is very silly. <laughs> like a carry on moment, but right, whatever. Right. Um, sure. Yeah. Good. Uh, Crystal skull. Um, I, mm, it's not a good movie. It's, it's not a good movie. Uh, it works better in Technicolor. Um, when you really can live, and I just went for it. I said, this is a, this is a big, this is a giant ants laser gun fifties movie. Like this is what this is. Here's um, the, here, here is the hill I will die on. Okay. This movie. I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. It is, it is not good. Yeah. I will say the first act is flawless. And I don't disagree. Why. I, I actually, okay. on, upon rewatch, I think that uh, there's especially when you watch we should talk about we well let's talk about chronicles in a minute um okay when you watch all the chronicles and then you watch the movies indy getting out of a nuclear explosion in a fridge it's not really that it's no. really pretty on point it's not no. that crazy or absurd <laughs> no and everybody gave it shit and yeah. so first of all it is plausible right so uh, ridiculous but plausible but sure. more importantly functionally in terms of mythos mm-hmm. and theme yeah indy is quite literally blown out of the 1940s yeah into the space age and into b movies he's yes. quite literally his his entire world blows up and he finds himself landing in this new reality of the 1950s yeah. which is wasn't the third that what he grew up in and wasn't the 19 the heyday of adventure in the 1930s and 40s so yeah. i think functionally it was necessary and i think mm-hmm. dial of destiny does a very interesting same move to get him into the late 60s early 70s into the space race yeah um, totally yeah uh Kate Blanchett's pretty good she's fun she's okay she's, she's fun the thing is, is she's playing a she's playing a version of a character that she does better in Thor, basically. <laughs> you know, it's this sort of swarmy intellectual goddess. Uh, yeah, and um, yeah, the 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 three D doesn't look good. The thing about old graphics and old stuff is like, even if it looks a little chintzy, like we love it because it 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 feels of a time. It feels of a genre. Um, yeah. 
you know, the 3D animation effects when it really doesn't work takes away from that, I think, in a lot of ways. The Jeep yeah, chase is terrible. The Jeep chase is terrible. The swinging monkey swinging through the trees is terrible. Yeah. And then that that played for laughs pullback where you see that there are five more waterfalls for them oh, to go over this. is dreadful. It's such a yeah. terrible shot and it's not funny and it's it, yeah. it's just Marion everything. Yeah. Marion's neutered completely. Yeah. Um it's it's rough. It's rough. Um the um yeah. and and actually the titular crystal skull like you can tell that it's hollow and it's like crinkled up translucent that that <laughs> that hollow wrap yeah, yeah, yeah crinkled up inside of it you like you can tell <laughs> uh, especially on today's you know 4k yeah. tvs like uh, how how did this pass muster it looks awful <laughs> it looks like such a cheap prop that you bought at like spencer's much like temple of doom uh there was a moment in a behind the scenes that explained this one to me um, and it was Frank Marshall who said, here's pictures of all our kids because we filmed all of this in America. Uh, it was the only one we filmed all in America. And so all our kids got to join us. And you're like, oh, yeah, you didn't go anywhere. You didn't do anything. Uh, like, it feels yeah. like it. You all, yeah. feel, you all got comfortable. Um, and you're like, well, we can, you know, modern age. Yeah. We can do what we need with green screen. And, and, and probably, right, like right. And probably a lot, you know, on on the budget sheet, they were like, "Well, we can't spend that kind of money, and uh, uh, we don't know if this property is going to last." Blah blah blah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, this takes us to Dial of Destiny. What are your initial thoughts? On oh no, we should talk about Chronicles real quick. Let's talk about Chronicles okay. very yeah. quickly. Um, yeah. For those who don't know, this is the Indiana Jones, Young Indiana Jones movies. The Young Indiana Jones Chronicles was the TV version of that, and they edited two episodes into movies. And you can watch all these two episode movies in uh, on disney plus yeah um there are huge swings and the ones that work are great and the ones that are bad are very very bad (laughs) yeah the pilot the pilot is super clunky i remember Mm -hmm. seeing it i remember seeing it when it first aired and being like i don't know and then keeping up with the show and sort of finding things to enjoy about it it gets all so if people haven't watched it Give it like two or three episodes because the, the pilot's kind of not great. Well, um, I would say you need to give it – I would say skip all of Corey Carrier as uh, oh, child okay. indie because now it's in sure. chronological order. Um, yeah. And that stuff is n- not good. Um, it's painful. It's painful. I, yeah. I actually ranked on Letterboxd all of the films uh, <laughs> in Young Idiot Jones. I, ra- I ra- ranked and, and did them all. Um Oh, and someone finally redid the graphics. Good, because they looked terrible before. Um, the There are a couple when he's a child that are pretty good. I really love the Teddy Roosevelt Safari episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, that one I grew up with. I think that might be his best as young indie. Um, but Phantom Train of Doom, which uh, has Indy teaming up with um, a bunch of old army guys. Basically, it's like during the war the first world war, but these guys don't have a country to go to. The countries don't want them because they're too old. So they're sort right. of the A team basically is what right. I think about it. And, and they're run by um, none other than, uh, Oh, what's his, uh, uh, Belloc himself. Uh, uh, Paul Freeman is playing. Oh yeah. One right. Of them, and with makeup and stuff. So, um, and it's great. It's, it feels like the most indie because it's a I think- big train chase. 
I think one of the things that like people don't know the show, I, and that one of the most interesting things about it that's very unlike the movies is there's always a character in it that is based on someone in history. Like the yeah. whole reason for the show was to be somewhat ed- educational, right? Mm-hmm. They wanted to be they wanted to be an edutainment show in yeah. a way, like you know, um, uh, uh, um, uh, Lawrence of Arabia shows up. The actual Lawrence, yeah, <laughs> shows yeah, up. He's you know. he's best. He's basically he meets him when he's really young, and then is friends with Lawrence of Arabia through the entire series. Like they yeah. just kind of meet back yeah. and forth at different times, uh, which is sort of interesting. And so they balance the the fantasy element that mm-hmm. that you really see the movies for with this kind of like no no they re- so a lot of this is based around actual historical places and people and times. And so that that I, I I remember seeing it in my when it come out in my early twenties I I remember really enjoying it for that aspect alone. But I yeah. I have not revisited them recently as you have, so I will go by your letterbox ranking to watch. <laughs> you should, because um, it was a lot of work and a lot of pain. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, like my favorite Indiana Jones girl is uh, now Elizabeth Hurley in mm. uh, Love Sweet Song, which is. Like man, Marion's great. I love Marion, um, but that episode, you're just like, oh man, I wish they had gotten together. Like she's so good. Um, Organo, the bringer of uh, the giver and taker of life, which is him meeting um, uh, uh, Albert Schweitzer uh, of Schweitzer <laughs> Falls fame. Um, great. It's, uh, his best ones are all about him in World War One. Like if you can deal with the World War One aspect, it's great. And then if you only are going to watch one, I would recommend The Adventures of uh, Young Indiana Jones Mystery of the Blues because that has still the book. That, uh, yep, the, the, yep. the old ones they used to uh, put at the beginning of the end, they'd bookend it with an old indie talking about the story. Uh, here they got rid of all of that except for Mystery of the Blues because Harrison Ford actually came back with full fugitive beard. Uh, as Indy in the snow. So you get Indiana Jones in the snow, which we never, well, now we've never going to get any more of that except for Temple of Doom, a little tiny, teeny bit at the uh, tip of the mountain. Um, and yeah, uh, Jeffrey Wright is Sidney Bechet and he's really good because he's Jeffrey Wright. So it's a great cast and it's fairly fun. Uh, that episode also has like uh, Keith David's in it. And Oh, right. Uh, right. Oh my God. Uh, Drain, uh, Jane, uh, Krakowski, which everyone knows from 30 Rock, she's in it. Right. Like a lot of people just show up and you're like, that person. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's a lot of fun. And you get Harrison Ford. So no complaints there. So, so anyway, I, I will yeah. I will also add, I, I find at least one of the video games to be very yes, much talk canon. To video games. Mm-hmm. Um, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, which was a, um, a LucasArts point and click adventure game that had some action puzzle solving elements. Um it's hard to find. I don't know what it's on now to play. You can yeah. you can buy it on Steam. You can oh you can you Great. can you can you don't even have to buy it. It's basically abandonware at this point. Yeah. It's available any DOS emulator. There's a version of that game because uh, I just played it before the movie too. That was one of the things that I did. Yeah, um, I love I love that, and I had the the CD uh, talkie version that had the voice yep. cast. Yep. Um, and if you and if you don't want to play it, there's actually a couple of videos on YouTube of full playthroughs of the original one, which is like three or four hours. But there's one that's like an hour and a half. That's 
um, the the like highlights of the talkie version that gives you the the breadth of the story, and it really feels like Indiana Jones story. It's mm-hmm. it's um it's great. And then the other game that came out later on the in the console years was Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine. Yep, which, which was um I had on Xbox, but it came out on a lot of different platforms, and the various platforms are varying quality. Um, the best one being the PC one and Xbox, yeah. but the but the story is pretty great, and 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 I, it's it's up there, say, with Temple of Doom for me in terms of like ranking with indie stories. Mm, interesting. Yeah, that's a hard. That was like early Spyro era 3D, uh, and you can feel it. Like you're doing, you're you're rotating yourself to make turns. Like uh, if you can get over that hump, you do fairly well. Fate was fun. I ended up watching the end of fate. I got into the whole like labyrinth scenario and I realized I had to go like five things back. Cause I forgot a stick and I was like, you know what? I don't have another four and a half hours to do this. I'm just going to watch the end of this. Um, it is, it is something that will, it is a very point and click classic in the sense that it, it will frustrate the hell out of you if you allow it. <laughs> I think you're muted, Dave. Uh, th- sorry. There are a bunch of other other games like there's an I, I forgot about there was another console game called Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb. Yes, which I believe was 360. Uh, Emperor's Tomb. Uh, you can play on um, uh, Xbox still. They get, had Xbox Gold. It's still it's, oh, it's still there. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that one was pretty fun. And it's again, fun. it was a little more modern 3D. Um, and then, of course, there's the, the the Indiana Jones Lego games, which are, you know, fun and silly yeah. and Lego. Well, and um, then the the Wii version had, uh, the, uh, the Wii had Staff of Kings, which is... Oh, right. Staff I forgot about that one. Yeah. And it's, oh. I replayed it because I have a Wii emulator. Uh, and it's fun. It's fun. It's not the best in the world, um, but it... It does a pretty good job. It's 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 still fun. It's a quick one. It's it's a pretty short game. Right, um, right, right. But you know what? I'm always for an indie game. Bethesda apparently is working on one now. Um they keep talking about it. They've said it's an Xbox exclusive, which is great for me. <laughs> um so yeah. We'll we'll talk maybe more about that game when we talk uh, yeah, kind yeah. of future of indie. Um yep. let's go ahead and go to Dial of Destiny though. Um what's your initial thoughts? I really, really enjoyed it. You know, I, 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 um, I remember seeing, I saw the trailer a couple months back and it actually made me kind of like teary eyed. Mm. Um, it hit so many, as soon as the music sort of slowly kicks in in the trailer and the way they use it and Salah said, give him hell Indiana Jones. Like so much of it was felt like, like Dave bait, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to the point where walking, going into the movie, I'm like, all right, keep your expectations middling yeah you know this may not be the movie you want it to be but it ended up being the movie i i wanted to be and 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 more than that in ways that i didn't know i wanted um i i really enjoyed it i thought it's very solid if i have one minor complaint we'll get into the story and stuff but i had one minor quibble in that i found the color grading to be Mm. annoying because it's this very sort of dulled out palette yeah um, a little too sun washed and and it was and and I get it. They're going for late sixties. I get it. But at no time did I have a big sweeping epic vista where I went, ooh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, 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 uh, it, it, the all the indoor stuff's fine, but the but the the outdoor stuff, the color grading felt a little icky to me. But that's again super minor mm-hmm. um, and super more tech head than anything. But I I really liked it. I really enjoyed. First of all, Phoebe Waller Bridge is fantastic mm-hmm. in that role. And she plays such a great sort of foil slash sidekick in a in a in a 
in a way that we haven't really seen before. Like she's a an amalgam of like Marion and Short Round in a way. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I've seen it twice and I enjoyed it great the first time and even more the second time because I just picked up more details. Mm. How about you? Um, I, I would say my rating kind of went down a hair. I've seen it twice as well. Uh, the second time I started to see some seams. Um, I think it's, you know, God bless Crystal Skull for being there, I think, because my barometer is so off uh, on indie quality now that, like, it's nice to breathe and go, okay, this was, I could even say, like, this is a three out of five. It's good. It's it's understandable. The characters are pretty accessible. Um, It's a nice way to go out. Um, and it's better than Crystal Skull, <laughs> you know. Right. So right. in that sense, like uh, it 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 does what it's servicing um, for right. sure. Right, um, right, right. And I don't feel like it doesn't feel like a a lesser than at eighty. I feel like Harrison's more invested in this one than he was in Crystal Skull. Uh, he gets better jokes. Uh, there's there's just better stuff going on for him. Um, there's some plot stuff we can talk about. And of course, everybody spoilers ahead. Um, for me, it comes down to timing. I think, um, on rewatch, there's a whole, uh, both Indy and, um, Oh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character's name. I'm forgetting all of a sudden. Um, Um, uh, Helena, Helena. Um, they, they both basically have a flashback at the same time while they're on their airplane about a, a time when Indy went and saw, uh, her and her father um right. it has no relevance to anything uh plot wise we we know all the information that's already there um yeah we know that yeah. he took it uh we know that it, her father was going crazy because of it we know that they met we know because he calls her wombat um so it ends up being kind of like a five minute segment that doesn't really add anything uh, to the plot uh, okay. unless you're wanting like a little extra emotional push for helena and That's... I don't disagree if they then delivered that emotional push for Helena. And I don't think that they end up really hitting that uh, in the third act very well. I, I, My interpretation is a little bit different, only in Toby Jones's reaction. Sure. When, right, he just, he very much is very taken aback by his very good friend calling him crazy. Yeah. At, at, that, at that moment. Yeah. And, and begs him to destroy it. And so to me, it it, 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 it suffers from, it doesn't have too, a fine enough point on it, but it basically is showing that Indy's guilt about all this is he didn't do what his friend asked him to do. Yeah. And, 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 and again, you know. yeah, I, I think there can be, uh, yeah, there, I think it's like, it's not unserviceable. It's not pointless, um, right. but the movie's long. I mean, the movie's yeah. pretty long. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah. this is coming from some guy that I, I just saw Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning last night. Oh, okay. Three hours. And I'm like, no, that movie could be another 20 minutes. I'd be just fine. Like you feel the link, I think a little more in Dial of Destiny. Um, Right. The, the other thing for me when it comes to timing, uh, and we'll talk about characters in a second too, but timing wise, there's a whole segment where uh, they get away on a boat and then uh, Teddy goes to get ice cream and gets captured again. And I'm like, okay, we could have (laughs) just, could we have just had Teddy 
stay on the boat. <laughs> like, like right. if you it, two reshoots and I could save you 10 minutes. Like there's just little things like that where right. you're not sure why things are formatted. And again, we can sit here and be, we can armchair it all day long and that's, but yeah. you're sort of just looking for the, the pacing issues. And I felt like this movie does have some pacing issues, especially, and we know that they went back because John Williams said that he had to go rescore the new ending. So we know they did a lot of changes in the, I think the last half more than the first. And I, yeah, right. I think you can kind of feel it. I think you can kind of, the mechanism seem a little stiffer um, mm-hmm. overall, I think, but I know. think that the, uh, the, um, the, the, the interesting thing about that though, with Teddy, my counterpoint would be that it, we do finally get to see him as the street urchin and the picture rocket. Sure. It's yeah. insinuated a couple of times. Um, and more importantly, once he gets captured, the way he gets away from the guy yeah. when he can't swim, we already know, is like, yeah. that's actually a really great sort of character building moment. And I wish they had given Teddy a a moment where he realized that he's awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like yeah. They, they gave him that little joke as, as he did the, whatever the, 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 the paddling words mm-hmm. were to swim that that was a, a lovely, funny little cherry at the end of that scene, but it should have been like, Holy crap. I just took down a Nazi. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the biggest like, one. Yeah. The biggest one. Right. There should yeah. have been a moment that where Teddy was sort of congratulated for that. I think. Yeah. I do feel like he doesn't get to, He's not indie sidekick. That's this. We'll talk about this. That this movie, especially, I, I think this is John Williams' weakest score of all four mm-hmm. Indiana Jones movies. Mm-hmm. It is a mm-hmm. pastiche of a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Um, not only yeah. from Indiana Jones movies, but from all of John Williams' scores. You're like, I hear a little bit of that. I okay, that's a yeah, a little bit of important that. And look, he's 91. I'm not. You know, you can only do is so it, well. Is it me or? Like I, I will never tire of hearing the Indian theme or the Indian marriage mm-hmm. theme, right? Like I, those are perfect. musically, yeah. they're perfect. When it popped up the first couple of times in this movie, it felt like a copy. I don't know how how to sure. explain it other than that. Well, it, he it, wrote he wrote that Helena theme, and what's weird about the movie is once you know the Helena theme, the Helena theme almost gets more screen time than the indie theme. Like right. it's sort of the underlining theme, of, kind of like how Henry's theme is in Last Crusade a little bit, right. um, but it doesn't right, represent right, anything. Right. It's just like people are on motorcycles. Now here's the Helena theme. And you're like, you're not sure. Like that for me was the issue is like Indy has a sidekick in Helena and then Helena has a sidekick in uh, Teddy. And it, it, it just kind of feels like, you know, it's not that they're, trying it doesn't have that sort of like okay you know the sequel is going to be about her like it doesn't feel that way at all which i think is very good uh it doesn't feel like a movie wasted just to set something else up um but at the same time it it, the dynamics are weird because of that you know it's it's a strange mix of this is indie story but it's also kind of helena heavy uh and you know that's kind of my issue with it is it doesn't know I don't sure it. I, Indy doesn't play back seat as much as he does in Crystal Skull at all until the third act. In the third act, he really does not. He doesn't get to make choices. Um, yeah. They get to be made for him. And if I thought that Helena's overall arc made a, a full kind of conclusion in the third act, I would be happier. Or if Indy got to make his own choices, I'd be happier. And I just sort of feel like everything gets kind of and like. 
punch and now we're done. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But and again, I'm being harsh because I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. It's a lot of fun, but yeah. I think that, that to their credit, they also didn't put him in any physical situations that I can't imagine an 80 year old being in, right? Yeah. Like the stunt 100%. stuff, he's on, he's on a horse or he's on a motorcycle or he struggles to get away and he doesn't cause yeah. he can't, um, you know, the moment with the, the whip stand back and everybody pointing guns is played for laughs for the right reason. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 so in that sense, uh, his back seating sometimes felt like a necessity of Ford and this, and by, by extent necessity of the, the story, because he mm-hmm. really is supposed to be that age. Um, and that's why like the, the backseat he takes in the third act, I agree with you, but I also really love that it is, it's the culmination of Indy's career in a way that he didn't know he needed or was ever going to get. Mm-hmm. which no, is that totally. he, he's imagined all of this it's it's it, it's real and that solace slash you know period at the end of his career after everything he's gone through back and being accused of murder and all that stuff he's like no i can i can stop here yeah and she was the one who said no no you need to come back i think they could have put a even finer point on that and they do with the tableau of everybody at the end but earlier on which is you never were much for family like that's the, the 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 message of the ending is you know there's always something to live for and pass on i guess yeah so in that sense him going back and seeing meeting uh yeah. you know being there during the, the the one of the roman sieges was like um exactly what he has wanted his whole life and it's handed mm-hmm. to him but it's also kind of toxic because he know as a as an intellectual and a professor he he should know better like he he'll yeah he'll, she it's says a monkey paw situation you're gonna muck it all up yeah, yeah right you get to be there but you're gonna screw it up and then you're gonna die because you're injured so it's not even like you're gonna live that long um, right for me it's interesting because I feel like that last scene is it's very clear like you literally can say verbally in the script like you can't live in the past and like like yeah. they never really go for it they never like make it that clear of like Indy you can't you got to move on. You got to move forward. You got to give it past your own grief of, of losing your son and, and right, you have to right. be there for other people. And I just need Indy to get, I needed him, her to go, you you can't stay and him be like, I'm going to stay. <laughs> and, and Archimedes to be like, you can stay. And for him to, to take a step forward and then go, no, I can't. Like, I just needed that little bit of, I recognize where I need to be and why. And I don't yeah. need to be told that. Yeah. I, I can't live here. Like I, we've landed on the moon i can't live in the past things are moving on it's okay yeah. um yeah. and yeah. some of that is there but it does feel a little murky uh, it, it's murky and it feels like they wanted to show not tell so bad mm-hmm. which is such a which is a very also m- more modern convention than the old films i think i mean I mean, Sean Connery says, let it go. Like, right, right. Uh, we, we, it's the I, genre for saying it out loud. That's the whole book. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's where I agree with you that, that I think the emotional punch of the ending could have been more poetically spoken as well as shown. Yeah. It's shown, you, you know, you mm-hmm. understand what's going on in his head that he's literally speaking Latin. To, <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the same token, I think she could have been the agent of more than just that punch. Mm-hmm. right well she um, never she and again the, in that no show not tell she never says explicitly like i need you like I, like look i don't have anybody i need yeah, i need right. somebody i you know right. and she kind of does in the, in her actions yes but 
it's not as comforting as punch. Uh, okay, you're back. Like, do you need tea? Like, what do you need? <laughs> like, it's just, but I will say, you know, I don't love that part, but the Marion stuff, I was almost in tears. It was perfect. I had no issue with it at all. Um, yeah, I, I, that, perfect. that, that, and like, right. And that's where, that's where I didn't need anything said. Right. Yeah. I, you, it, it, you, they could have easily overplayed that dialogue. And I was kind of cringing, hoping they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. And it's about two actors at, uh, of a certain age. Yeah. Because there's so me- it's such meta emotion going on there. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, it's not just those characters. It's those two performers. And, and, you know, summing it up by it hurts everywhere is a punchline and a clue into Indy's grief. Yeah. Right. It's it's a it's, ugh, it's so beautifully done. And or, where doesn't it hurt here and then lead up to her face like that's that's cinema. That's cinema right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. What was missing from it was the moment when uh, she's on the couch and, and looking at him and, and and people start coming in the door. She should have said something. She should have mm-hmm. said something before. You know, you should have left me there because he's what does he say? He says you should have left me there. Yeah, she should have said something. She should. Helena should have had a little little poetic moment of saying something quippy and mm-hmm. meaningful that was meaningful to her. Because her him saying you should have left me there is kind of she should be hurt by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, a little bit. Like yes, I saved your ass, but you in unwittingly saved mine, and we need and we're, and we need each other. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's what I needed said more from her character. The only no- knock against the script for her character that I have because every other scene she steals every scene she's in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in a way that doesn't feel girl bossy or no, 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 at all. She it feels like yeah, a, a, a like a uh, you it's it's. I mean, she's Belloc. I mean, she really is Belloc <laughs> without being murdery. Uh, right. Like at the right. start, like she's selling stuff. Like yeah, she's yeah. she's she is the other side of that coin in many ways, while still having enough morality to to keep Teddy around, enough morality to care about what her father cared about. Like, it's interesting to see that transformation, and it's fun. Um, it, uh, you know, uh, solid, perfect, no no qualms. Some people were upset. Right that he was a cab driver. And I was like, I mean, as if you've never heard of an immigrant story where you're like in charge of a bunch of diggers in Egypt and then you, you immigrate and you get the job that you get. <laughs> like, like it's right. Right. A hundred percent. It yeah. didn't bother me, especially, no. especially that, that Sala introduces his kids as this is the man who brought my family over during the war. Cause that's yeah. what would have happened. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. And his whole his whole speech at the at the cor- at the uh, at the door of the airport about you know I miss waking up in the morning yeah I miss the sea I miss the yeah. sea like I got choked up it yeah. was so beautiful and then that they pay it off with the laugh of your mom was getting hit by a car yeah. was so that's just perfect that's Spielberg right there you know yeah. that's uh, kudos to Mangold for sort of staying in a particular kind of lane. Mm-hmm. But also giving it some of the stuff that you've seen in his other movies in terms of being a little more um, contemporary. Yeah, I you know that's interesting. I I I love the give them hell Indiana Jones line. I don't love the car almost hitting him. And, and oh really? Not, yeah, which is really interesting <laughs> because and I think it's because I just want it to be. I I don't. You need, wanted it to be honest, yeah. I don't need Indy to care. Right. Indy's always going to be like, I, okay, whatever. Um, but Sala really believes it and really says it. And, and, and we really believe it. And, and like, you know, it, it, you want that moment to sort of lead into the map, you know, like 
give him Hell Indiana Jones, and then there's the the map with the red line and the dot. Like that's what you want. And instead you have to like see him look at pictures. They don't even do the red dot until like later on in the movie. And you're like, right, Man. right, right. right. <laughs> like it's just little right. bits. It's not a pro that's one of those things that's like I think James Mangle's really good at what he does. I think the movie makes uh good use of his abilities. I think he was the right guy to choose if you're not gonna have Spielberg. Um I'm curious of the machinations of the Lucas film people i don't know you know what sort of like okay this thing has to happen or this can't or china won't let us show it if you do that like i don't know the the business side of what made story changes maybe um but overall it's 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 a it's a lot of fun um before we talk about disney going and and creating more stuff with indie or what that might perchance what's your ranking how do you rank this with the rest of them oh that's a hard one i've had a number of people ask me that and and i i hesitate to 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 um definitively put it anywhere but i would say i mean let's just say this it it is really difficult for me to put my actual favorite which is temple of doom first just because (laughs) of because of the legacy of i'm not going to take that ire i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm going to pick my battles wisely. Fine. <laughs> Raiders is the best is number one. Fine. Okay. I still put, uh, 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 um, I still put, um, Temple of Doom second. Um, my hot take is I actually put this third. The interesting. I put Dial of, I put Dial of Destiny third and I put Last Crusade right behind it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. a hair's breadth behind it. And then a big old gap. And then, and then, <laughs> and then, uh, slightly not behind for the first act of Chris, Kid yeah. Crystal Skull, and then the rest of the movie can go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's for me. It's Raiders, Last Crusade, uh, and then Dial. Um, again, okay. I really think that you have to have grown up on Temple of Doom or something to really, yeah, like really yeah. get Temple of Doom because it doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's kind of one set. They don't go anywhere. No, it's kind of, it's, it's all it's in wackier. itself. It's, it's wackier. wackier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when I think about what do I want to sit down and watch, I'm not sure I'm going to like sit down and watch dial of destiny a lot. Um, but I don't know if I would sit down and watch temple a lot. So, right. um, for me, dial does a fairly good job of being, you know, I think of, uh, you know, it's like, it, it's the second runner up for, we learn lessons Indiana Jones movies, right? Because because Crystal Skull has no lesson to be learned. It just says a bunch of stuff and then it ends. Right. Um, even though it tries to like do something. I don't know what it's trying to do. <laughs> um, so in that sense, like for my love of the character, I think it has to go Raiders slash Crusade, a dial, because uh, he gets to, you know, deal with that. Um, and then uh, we'll go Temple and then Huge Gap. And or not, yeah, Temple and then Huge Crap and, and Crystal Skull. Before we finish off talking about the movie, though, it's it's shocking we've not talked about the introduction, uh, the the opening scene, the twenty minutes of de-aged indie, yeah. de-aged indie. Um, I I was happy the first time watching it, and the second time watching it, I was like, this doesn't work for me at all. <laughs> really? I like the I like the gags. I like. Um, I, I think the set piece works. I don't have any issues plot wise with it. I think it's fine. I just, the de-aging, the moment he opens his mouth and it's like, cause he looks great. You take off the thing and you see his face and you're like, oh, this is, whoa. And then he's like, 
Uh, but I still have Harrison Ford's yeah. eight-year-old voice. <laughs> see, but see, but they, they didn't do any AI to his voice to get it younger. I, I don't know. They, they might have, but he's so gravelly. I can't tell the difference anymore. Here's, um, but here's my but take. there is, but you can tell where they started the budget for the de-aging and where the budget ended because, like, the very last shot of that scene when he's walking away, like in that wide shot. It, yeah. That is some Xbox One graphics I've if I've ever seen. It's Aww. rough as hell. You really Aww. pay attention to the last bit there. It's it's All it's right. pretty bad. Um, again, I enjoy the scene. I just. I could just see all it's like I'm watching a puppet show and I can see the hands at the top, like, or, you know, the marionettes. Like I I just can see too much of the strings to fully fall into place. The second time, first time I was like gung ho. I was thrilled. I think the, 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 the issue with that is we're never going to believe it only because we know it's not true. We know for a fact it's not true. So I give it a huge pass in a lot Mm. of ways because of that like because i'm never going to get to an emotional space where i'm like oh my god i was completely fooled because you're not right yeah. like like and i even go back to like tron legacy and the de-aging of, of kevin flynn like sure. that was super rough for sure yeah. you look at it now and there are people who have done um deep fakes of it that are better right and i'm and i'm sure they use some deep faking in, in this movie as well but like i look at I look at, well, uh, just to use Tron as an example, one of the reasons that movie gets a huge pass for me is because not only did, was it the first real, like, main character uh, de-aged, it had to be done in stereo. It had yeah. to be done in 3D mm-hmm. a, 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 as well and fit into a 3D world and not look like, like Benjamin Button is one thing, but yeah. that was a, that was an incredible leap. And yeah. yeah, it doesn't work well, especially when he's when, during the speech at the end in his mouth, like when they're really emoting is when it falls apart when it's but what impressed me was this little subtle things of Indy reacting to things or just giving smart ass looks was like, yeah, that's great. Like some I'm of down. it, it's weird. Anytime that I feel like, yeah, once he starts moving, that's when it and and, and, it, and they're still trying to put a face on him. That's when I feel it gets a little rougher. Um, yeah, yeah. That's it. so. What's interesting for me though is like Mads Mikkelsen's villain is also de-aged in that scene. I couldn't have told you that he was. Like it's it's very clean. Um, right. I think that deals a lot with we know Harrison Ford's face forward and backward at that age, um, yeah. and that helps a lot. But even when he's de-aged, but he's like twenty years older uh, in the flashback, it's just not right. as bad. I, I just think no, that there's not. a it's not. There's a limitation in the technology of how far you can go back um, and still feel, I don't know, fully present. Um, and yep. what's funny is, and I, I, and we probably should have done this before I saw Mission Impossible because that's a five star movie and it's it's absolutely incredible, um, and it's so physical in its action. And there's you know, um, but they have, and this is not really a spoiler for the movie, but there's a small flashback of Tom Cruise as, as pre the first movie, Ethan Hunt. Oh, um, wow. But you never see his face. Oh, you, it's, okay. it's just long Tom Cruise hair in a, in a shadowy body. And you go, right. Oh, thank God. Like, you're just like, Oh, this is, yep. Yep. There's no, you don't need it. Now, Indy's not necessarily the same way. It's a whole scene. It's a whole thing. There's dialogue. I'm not trying to compare them, but you know, that those technological like leaps when, when, when they do them, when they don't need to, I'm always like against it. And I was racing. Uh, and then they didn't, I was like, Oh good. Like you don't have to do it. 
do what's best for the right. story. And, um, and, and, so. and I guess that's the thing is this one required so much of his personality to be part of the story. Cause he's dealing yeah. with Toby Jones and, and so like, that's the other filter. I put this kind of stuff through. Is it serving the story or are they just showing off? It's serving. It's serving. And it's, for sure. and it's serving the story. The, the, the thing that, the, like the thing that impressed me the most was when he's in the, the, the noose and the bomb drops. Oh, it's great. That whole sequence was like, I can't believe that's not actually him. Like the, I didn't find any flaws there. Mm-hmm. It's when he's not moving very much and talking, yeah. you're like, Oh, there's a, and it gets, and that just, I chalked that up to, right. It's easier to to wave your hands and make things blurry and, and, and action yep. and get away with it. than you can with a long studied dialogue shot, you know yeah. what I mean? And I think that's the thing too, is like, for me of all the action set pieces, I think that's a little too car chasey overall. I think there's yeah, like, there's like uh, three just, of them. Yeah. Feels and you feel it. Um, whereas, uh, the first bit when he's in the news and then the things are crumbling and he's trying to get over the thing, but he can't, right. he like, he's the floor is now going and you go, this is an Indiana Jones set piece. Like, Oh, absolutely. You, you're on a noose, but you have no floor and there's fire and you are going to, you all, the, <laughs> the only way you're getting out of here is if you bang around a lot, like that's yeah, how, right, right. you know, it's going to hurt. And, and it works really, <laughs> really well. And I, the, the, um, uh, anti-aircraft uh, guns on the train, oh, misaligning and an firing. In- so good. Such an indie moment that, yeah. that, 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 that the Nazis are hoisted on their own petard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so good. So perfect. So yeah. perfect. Um, yeah. So there you go. That's, a, that's some thoughts for sure. Um, uh, I think, you know, I'm, I'm glad we went out this way. Um, though, I don't know. What do you think Disney's going to do next? What do you think is going to happen? I think um, they w- they can make video games till the end of time. Is yeah, a, is a real easy one. Yep, um, comic books I mean, too. If they would, they didn't do any books. tie-ins this time, which is very no. weird. They did a, a small run and an adaptation for the last movie, but they really have you know, not. They haven't done comic books for indie since the Dark Horse era, which is very strange. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously you see Sala and, and Helena and Teddy and the kids walk off at the end of the movie. And it's sort of like, maybe they're go- they'll go on an adventure. And I- I'm open to that idea. It's just, what are you going to call it? Like, yeah. it's not going to be like, is it, does it turn into a Star Wars story? Does it turn oh, into oh, oh. something? And then it's <laughs> an Indiana Jones adventure. You know oh, what I mean? Like, yeah, blah. no, I don't want that. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, I, I don't want anybody taking the mantle of Indy. That doesn't no. need to happen. We've already seen him young. You don't need to do prequels. Like it, that, that has been mined yeah. for all it can be mined for. Yeah. Um, but I like Helena and I like, and I, and I liked Teddy. I don't know if you did, but I thought Teddy was great. I thought Teddy he was kind, kind of underused. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, you know, let him cook. I don't, it, I just, I don't yeah. know anything about Teddy. So yeah. Right. Um, that's kind of where I'm landing on that. Um, yeah, but I, I'll watch. I'll watch something with Helena. I just don't know what it would be or what you would call it. The you know? worst. The worst case scenario, which is where I think they'll go, <laughs> is Helena's going to get a Disney Plus show. You know, like it's that it has that vibe, and it's going to be canceled yeah. after one season. Like, <laughs> like National Treasure, a hundred percent. And and whereas I where where what I really want is if if they really want to get smart about it is. You need to really just go outside of the the realm a little bit. It's got to be short round. It's got to be. It's got to be Kiwi Kwong. It's got to be. It's it's got to be martial arts and and adventuring and martial. It's a it's a martial arts adventuring s- serial type kung fu seventies thing. Not yeah. a 
it, do your own thing. That works. We love him already. He's very funny. Let him exude his strengths in that way. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's great. And and to be honest, I could see them doing a movie rather than a series mm-hmm. with him. You know what I mean? And then hell, let it kind of be in it and drop in and out or be the, the instigator of the adventure at the beginning or something. Yeah, um, I mean, I, yeah, I, for sure. I think Indy's legacy is is an interesting thing to explore from a story perspective. But the problem is Indy as a character, as an IP, is such a pastiche of so many other things Yeah, that it's like, what are you bringing to the table if it's not Harrison Ford and it's not yeah. Indy as a character? And I just don't know if the IP is worth it after that. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I mean, it's run its course. You can't complain. It's had decades no. of success. No. Um, and, and, you know, things can die. It's fine. <laughs> you know, like, like, right. Take t-shirts and, and action figures and video games and just let it be. The problem right. with LucasArts, LucasFilm in general is, you know, they, everyone thought it was a great idea that Disney bought LucasFilm and it's like, there's, they really only have two properties and one of them is very much connected with one dude. Yeah. Um, right. And right. they were like, what about Willow? And everyone went, oh, I don't know. yeah as uh yeah so it's one of those things where i don't know what they'll do they'll probably do it wrong (laughs) (laughs) um but yes very much so there you know give me three you know give timothy zahn the license to do three indie during world war ii uh books like i'd read those you know yeah publishing Um, is an easy one publishing and video games and comic books yeah, that's an and and that I hope they do continue because that is using the strength of the IP um, that does not need Harrison in it and it hasn't yeah. in the past. They've already had games. That, you know, my only other thought, which I think would work really really well, is a Saturday morning adventure serial cartoon. Um, uh, that's cool. I like that a, idea. There's a gentleman. Uh, you can look it up online. You can look it up. It, it, you'll find it. It it has a very Johnny Quest kind of feel. Um, and it's, it's indie and short round and, and indie kind of going around and doing stuff. And it's just sort of like an intro right. for a show that doesn't exist. It's a proof of concept. And right, I go, right, yeah, right. yeah, sure. I'll watch that. Like it, you know, every week indie gets in a little adventure, like fine, great. You know, um, I, I think it's more for me than kids, but why not? Who cares? So not right. a 3d version. I don't want a 3d Indiana no. Jones like rebels. That's not, it's not the same thing. No, no, no. Um, it's gotta be 2d animated um i think that could yeah. be a lot of fun i so. think that would be great a short a short round based animated series would be really oh there you cool. go yeah whatever whatever puts money in kiwi kwan's pocket i'm happy about <laughs> yes he's back let's keep him there well thank you dave for talking lots about indie um I, i'm sure the girls are very happy that we didn't do this on the on main <laughs> as it were so right. Um, but, uh, on this episode of old white guys talk, uh... <laughs> it's true. It's true. But, uh, talking about uh, one of the most dad, like old, uh, <laughs> you know, um, but anyway, I still think it was a worthwhile conversation. And if you have thoughts about the conversation, let us know. You can get us at bit.ly forward slash rap, uh, castle. Um, and on there, uh, you can send us an email at, uh, from there. It'll take you right to our email, which is uh, ratcastlepod at gmail.com. So let us know your thoughts. Of course, this is all produced by yours truly. Tell your friends. We'd love to uh, have more people listen to what we're up to. And, of course, there'll be a regular episode come 
uh, Monday. Uh, but uh, yeah, Dave, so good to always talk to you. Always fun to talk about indie. Uh, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, everybody go ahead and uh, pick up your whips and your fandoras and uh, your, your satchels. And, and uh, j- jump over the, that chasm. Jump, jump over, over that the wide chasm. chasm. Yep. And then <laughs> uh, exit to the left. Will you stop this foolishness? What foolishness would you like to see? Will you get out of here? <laughs>